I said, oh, it's Don Quixote. It's a, it's a book about a guy who, you know, ends up fighting windmills because he's... I can see where this is going, I and think. she's like, and he's a donkey. <laughs> she's like, no, it's a Spanish book. It's Don Quixote, not Don Quixote. <laughs> In 1999, a slightly disturbing young man declared that we are soldiers of hell. We are neither soldiers, nor from hell. But like obedient little sleeper agents we have gradually recruited people from popular culture to create a military force to be reckoned with. Each episode we'll be nominating someone new to join our ranks. Oh, I am comfy. I'm always comfy at this time. And. The one thing that I've, I've just sort of been looking at is um, your bookshelf. Okay. And I've noticed there are series of books there, like the, the, the Bond selection, the, um, the Raymond Chandler selection, um, the is it 2001, Arthur C. Clarke. Yep. yep the, was it, Odyssey series, yes. you might say. Yep. Um, there's a name though that's popping up over a few places that um, I'm not familiar with. Crace, is it? Robert Crace, yeah. So he is an author of American crime fiction. He made a name for himself writing for, now let me get this right, mm. an American cop show from the 80s that I've forgotten the name of. Magnum. Not Magnum. I'm going to look it up on the inside cover of a book. Is he going to say, Robert Crace, award-winning author of... Crace has also written for acclaimed television shows such as L.A. Law and Hill Street Blues. Oh, Hill yeah. Street Blues is what I was thinking of. It, I'm sure I've seen a TV programme called The Last Detective, though. Oh, OK. And oh. I'm fairly certain it had a former Doctor Who in it. Um, former doctor. Hmm. So that's an interesting point. Oh, just slight digression, but um, someone said recently that the doctor is called Doctor Who. That was in an episode, wasn't it? I think so. Yeah. It was in the not the Christmas special, the last two episodes of. The last series with Capaldi. There's a brief moment. I think it's where Missy is, is. Is the start of oh the start of the episode? They come out of the TARDIS and they go into the spaceship, and it's the one where um, the Master is at the bottom of the ship and time operates a different. Oh yeah, yeah. She, when they first go into it, and then they think it's just a training mission to make sure Missy is. No longer evil. Um, there's a bit where she says, "Hi, I'm Doctor Who," and she gives an explanation as it's a shortcut to get to because everyone always says, oh, "I go walk in, I'm the Doctor, Doctor Who," and he has to do an explanation. He says it's a shortcut. His name is Doctor Who. Right. So although it's pretty clearly stated because of the source, I think you're supposed to think, well, "Is that true?" Mm. Okay. I, guess, I don't know. I guess it means you can get away with both. Yeah. Yeah. Because it would be fairly disappointing after the whole, pretty much a significant portion of the last Matt Smith series was based on 
saying his real name and knowing his real name and if it, yeah. if it is Doctor Who well then everyone knows that. <laughs> that's rubbish I mean yeah. you know there is precedent for rubbish code names hi I'm a secret agent my name's James Bond do you want to give me your number as well yes 007 thanks for that <laughs> Doctor Who yeah that's me you just said but, it <laughs> but to come back to the original point which one was it not Colin Baker not Tom Baker the one in between the bakers. Cheryl Baker. Eggs and Baker. <laughs> I've had to... Oh, no, my mind's gone blank. Uh, the one that's Bob Holness? No. Because he did Baker Street. He did the... Um, do, do, he, was do, the he was the do, first do, Doctor do. Who on radio. <laughs> <laughs> no. It, oh, God. I, I can't believe I've had a blank. Uh, is it Les Dawson? <laughs> Jemperton Penn. <laughs> no. Oh no! You got to explain that now. I don't think we've ever. <laughs> if we explained that in a podcast, it was ten years ago. So. Okay. Um, I don't think we ever explained it in a podcast. Um, on blankety blank, you always want a blankety blank checkbook and pen. Yes. Hey kids, a check is something that you write, promising you will give someone some money at a later date. Sort of like a fancy codified IOU. Um, but you misheard it and thought it was something called a Jemperton pen. It was the way Des... Des um, Lawson. Des Lawson. Les Dawson spoke, maybe. Yeah. A Jemperton yeah. pen. A checkbook <laughs> pen. How could I even be... And I don't understand. I mean, I watched that show a lot. I really liked it. Yeah, it was great. It was... You know, I didn't have the same emotional tie to it when Lily Savage came back and did the re... Reboot. <laughs> <laughs> but, but Terry Wogan was the original, wasn't he? Um, yeah, I think you might be right there. Pre yeah. Les Dawson. Oh, but oh my god, he's doing my head in. It's Who? like I've got a mental block. Who? What? When? <laughs> exactly. Who? Doctor Who. Not Cheryl Baker. Not Cheryl Baker. Not Tom Baker. Not um, Peter Davison. Pertwee Senior. Peter Davison. Yeah. Peter Davison was in a TV series called The Last Detective, and it was sort of about a bumbling detective, and the whole point of it that he he would be the last detective you would think of to solve a crime or to be lead on a case. Right. This is not that. Okay. <laughs> and rendering rendering the entire previous ten minutes moot. <laughs> okay. So this series of novels is mainly centred around a private detective called Elvis Cole. Right. Um, set in Los Angeles. The books were started in the late 80s. And they're still going today. There's a new one coming out this year. There is another character called Joe Pike, who is Elvis Cole's best friend. Don't tell me your name, Pike! <laughs> <laughs> Joe! Um... And there's been a couple of novels that are just about Joe, but sort of Elvis cameos in. Um, it's a connected universe, because <laughs> then there are other characters that have had spin-off novels as well. Ah, the RCU. What's the RCU? The Robert, Robert Craig universe. universe. <laughs> yes. Well, Robert Craig has said he will never... He's had many, many offers to turn these books into films but he'll never accept one uh, because he just wants people to remember the characters as they imagine them when they read them 
<laughs> a point that perhaps could have been made when I was racking my brains thinking about who played the character on film. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't Peter Davidson. When I think of Elvis Cole, though, I think of Sam Rockwell. Right, so If okay. they were ever made into movies, Sam Rockwell would be the guy I would want to play okay. Elvis Cole. A kind of guy next door, but kind of handsome, um, charming, uh, quirky, witty guy, wearing sort of loud clothes and driving round in an open-top yellow car in L.A. Right. And I, I just immediately think Sam Rockwell for me. I don't know if you've seen him in um, The Way Way Back. Nope. Okay, that is one of my favourite films. I definitely recommend that. Um, his character in that is far from being a private detective. He owns a, uh, uh, a water park. <laughs> but you picture him in that and you get what Elvis Cole is, I think. If the guy who owned a water park had a nighttime job solving crimes, yeah, that would be the last detective. A little bit like um, Baywatch the nice. half in Baywatch Nights, yes. <laughs> yes, like almost like that. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and Joe Pike, who is the other major character in the RCU, is uh, <laughs> I I quite often think of him as. Um, a young Clint Eastwood. So he is a um, ex-cop turned mercenary who basically helps Elvis out. He co-owns a gun club, um, and just whenever Elvis needs some muscle, Joe turns up. But he's like tall, silent guy. Never really says anything. If his mouth twitches, you know he's slightly amused, kind of. Right. Okay. Yeah. So he's brilliant. And then there are some other recurring characters. One of the um, the novels that isn't a spin-off, because it doesn't have any recurring characters in it, is Hostage, which became a film with Bruce Willis. Right, OK. Oh, yeah. Where he's a plane line owner? And no, he's a, he's a cop oh, in that, but he's... Was that Ransom? I'm thinking of Ransom uh, yeah, with Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson, yeah. Yeah, Hostage, good movie. Good book. Have you noticed anything about the bookshelves? I think it's colour coordinated <laughs> rather than alpha chronological. It is. So I would go for, I would tend to go for alpha chronological, but with series meshed yes, in there. Definitely. Bond series. Yes. Yeah. But that's not what's happened, because the bonds are all different colours. So, um, yeah, we got we got some advice that to make a, a an aesthetic bookshelf, putting similar colour books next to each other, is how you uh, you make it look good. I kind of have, uh, yeah, and I, if I might say, it's success. Good. It had to get over the whole. <laughs> yeah, I had to get over the last thirty-seven years of my life putting things in a certain order in order to achieve it. But our bookshelf is is primarily based on shape, 
as okay. to which goes in, which physically fits where. So, um, not ideal and uh, slightly annoying sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> slightly annoying. Do you know what really annoys me? Is when your bookshelf is, it looks nice. But then you have to put one horizontally on top of the other books. Yeah. <laughs> it really does my head yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Some people manage to pull that off, though. And I don't understand why or how. I, I think it's if the book fits perfectly into the recess so that they all fit together with a, a, a vertically, sorry, horizontally at the top. So the top line is the same. Yeah. It looks okay. It's when it starts to go up and down. That's where you get into, that's where you run into problems. Why can't all books be the same height? Standardised books. It's the future. I've noticed, actually, when buying books, a lot of um, graphic novels, you've, you look on Amazon, other online booksellers are available. Um, I'd say that a lot with the BBC. <laughs> Name them. Um, um, Waterstones.com. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah. I, you buy, um, you look at the pictures of a product, yeah. and usually it's got three or four different pictures. Yeah. You look at, and this is, I'd say it's true of probably 99% graphic novels I've looked at. They have a close-up picture of the front cover. Yep. The second picture is a picture of a silhouette of a human holding that book. Really? With the dimensions to give an indication of the size of that book. I've not noticed this. Oh. Where, 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 where's my phone? Yeah, I right, so. You're going to prove a point now. <laughs> you know, so we don't have to put it on the ledger. Speaking of the ledger, I think we've got an item outstanding. Should we have a slight digression? Yes, but let's, while I tap this in. It's time to resolve the outstanding issues from the last podcast a longer ago. Let's mark things off the ledger, let's mark things off the ledger, let's mark things off the ledger, ledger, ledger. So, um, <clears throat> several months ago... We established who DJ Devastation was, and yes. I said I was going to tweet him to see oh, if yeah. we could get an invite to wherever he is. Never got back to me. So that's the end of that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, here's my wish list. As you can see, there's lots and lots of graphic novels there. Wow. At random, let's go for Siege, okay? Who's so this Brian? is Brian... Brian Michael Bendis. Okay, that's only the one picture. So that one yes, doesn't. Uh, so it's just that's the uh, exception that proves the rule. Never understood that phrase, but there you go. Helps you. None of these right have now. got. I they've abandoned the, the two picture thing. They've all got rid of them. There you go. <laughs> they've, they've heard my complaint and they've acted on it pretty quickly. We haven't even published a podcast yet. How could that happen? That's the sort of influence we hold. Uh, loading images. Oh, this one's got three images. And they, that's the yeah. one I'm on about. Okay, this one is um, T-shirt is an exemption because it actually has got a cover picture of the Bat cover. It's it's a Batman book. It's the Bat cover as well. Hey. <laughs> but this is the picture I'm talking about. As you can see, a silhouette of a person holding the book. 
to give an idea of what 10 inches of a book <laughs> looks like. Why is, he, why is he holding it next to his penis? That's this what is, I don't understand. I know. Him, all I can think is that he's got a pretty small penis, so 10 inches um, must be large to him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 10 inches, fairly, fairly mediocre, surely. <laughs> That's less than average, right? Yeah, I mean, you could cut that off and I'd still have two thirds left. Oh, God. <laughs> cut it off. <laughs> I stumbled over that. <laughs> Because I hadn't cut it off. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of books, I handed one to you tonight, or today, called mm. Armada. Yes, you did. So, uh, Space Invaders, the novel. Basically, yeah. The follow up to Ready Player One. Yep. And Ready Player One is coming out very soon as a film rather than a book. Because um, he's already done that as a book. Yes. Are you, you excited? Are you interested? No. No, so. <laughs> I end, think. End of. I th <laughs> not ready, playable. No, I think. Um, let me qualify that answer. Um, I've seen the adverts. I thought it was a fairly. I suppose it's a, the idea of a virtual reality world in film is a sort of a. A done idea long in man, cinema man. now. <laughs> exactly, long, yeah. Pierce Brosnan's finest hour. Um, After Die Another Day. Yeah. Or another film. Just to clarify a point, we have um, established both Bond and Batman in this podcast. Just saying. Okay. We've, this. <laughs> We've hit them. We've hit. <laughs> That's it, we've touched our target demographic. Um, no, I think, I, I saw the advert, it looked visually impressive. Um, I didn't know a huge amount about the story. I've not read the book. Having spoken to you earlier this evening, it now seems like a more interesting idea than I probably assumed it was based on the advert. So, excited? Probably no. Interested? Yes. Whereas before our discussion today, it probably would have passed me by without me really noticing. It's basically a 1980s geek off. Which is fine. Have you ever seen the documentary about Atari and its downfall and what... I can't remember what it's called, but um, it's all about the uh, E.T. computer game. Oh, yes. And how it... Um, supposedly got buried in landfill because it was so poorly received and no one bought it and it's been given um, kind of through urban myth really the the legend of the downfall of Atari and all that kind of stuff the, the reason the video games industry sort of crashed and almost disappeared in the late 70s Late, late 80s? No, mid late 80s. Mid 80s. Mid 80s. Yeah. Um, no, I haven't. Okay. I'd like to watch it though. It's a really good documentary. It's, it's fun. Um, the, they sort of uh, do it. It starts off by explaining how that computer game got made and it demonstrates the way that early 80s computer gaming was rock and roll, essentially. 
people who wrote computer games were given carte blanche to do whatever they wanted and they were coked up in the office and they I've, did I've whatever they things. wanted and yeah um and they got atari got the license to make an et game after the film would come out but knew that they had a short window of opportunity so they i think it was something like october that they got the license and it was like we have to get this game out by christmas <laughs> and that was back in the day where one person coded the entire game so there was one young guy and i forget his name but it's worth watching the documentary because the interviews with him um he was like confident enough to believe he could churn out this game in sort of six to eight weeks or something ready to get it shipped in time for Christmas. Unfortunately for him, it got, it went down in legend as like the worst computer game of all time. People who've played it since have basically said, you know, it's all right. It's not that bad. Um, but unfortunately it wasn't great. And there was a lot of bugs with it. Um, so it's been associated with not only the downfall of computer games in the mid to late 80s, but also there's this um, urban legend that hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of E.T. cartridges were buried in the desert. Yes, I've heard that. So the documentary sort of framed itself around this journey to the landfill site they're gonna. They've tried to identify where they were buried, dig them up again, see that they were there, and uh, they. It's the. They take the author of Ready Player One, with them, to right. Okay. On the journey, and uh, they go. Oh, we've just got to go and. I've just got to go and pick up my. Um, uh, DeLorean first, so they take the journey in a DeLorean having collected it from who the owner had lent it to, it, which is the author of Game of Thrones, George R. R. Oh, Martin. Yeah. Wow. Ernest Klein is the owner and the writer of Ready Player One. Um, yeah, so massive, massive nerd. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got him in a DeLorean, having got it from George R. R. Martin, driving to find possible E.T. things on a sort of almost a Goonies style quest yes wow and then they dig up this landfill at the end and find yeah they find loads of cartridges but E.T. is just a small percentage of them which kind of proves the point that it wasn't the downfall of Atari or anyone else Atari was on the way down anyway yeah yeah why let the truth get in the way of a good story though that bookmark from the looks of it <laughs> you know what you know what it actually is library receipt it's a receipt from mountain <laughs> warehouse which kind of establishes just what stage of life i'm in i love a mountain warehouse trip <laughs> genuinely love a little trip to mountain warehouse or go outdoors <laughs> yes but on the subject of books and book series there's some there's some series there that are the of books that people are supposed to have read 
the sort of like classic, not classic novels in a sort of um, Jane Eyre kind of way, but classic novels in a sort of like a, like a um, cultural touchstone that sort of books that people would say, oh, "Have you read this?" And if you said no, they'd be like, "What?" Which ones are you thinking sort of? Like Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, those sorts of things. Yes. And um, Lord of the Rings. I know at least some of the Bond books. You wouldn't necessarily. You don't have to read them, or they don't form an overall narrative. But you know, a lot of people have read Casino Royale because it's fairly short. We were watching a program the other day, and somebody made a reference to a classic book, and this is in the in the sense of classics. Somebody mentioned Don Quixote. All right, and. Hayley has apparently never heard of this book, so I said, oh, it's Don Quixote, it's a, it's a book about a guy who, you know, ends up fighting windmills, because he's... I can see where this is going, I and think. she's like, and he's a donkey. She's <laughs> like, Why? no, it's a Spanish book, it's Don Quixote, <laughs> not Don Quixote. <laughs> it's and, a sequel to Donkey Kong. <laughs> And I genuinely, I I suppose, once something becomes lodged in your knowledge, yeah, you find it difficult to accept that someone who's never heard of it could misunderstand it. Is she going to allow just, this level of ridicule to go on the podcast? I don't know, but I'm going to double down on it because, <laughs> <laughs> because this is really going to get me in trouble. We, have you have you seen the film The Martian? Yes. No, half. <laughs> She's going to get me in trouble. Halfway through, she leans over and goes, is this based on a true story? (laughs) Amazing. Yeah, yeah, we've been to Mars. Yeah, we sent Matt Matt Damon Damon to Mars. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this is is actually a documentary. Oh, God. Have you you seen Interstellar? No. Again, I suppose... Linking back to that sort of um, idea of books that geeky guys should read, not the geeky guys, to be to be clear, <laughs> yeah. not geeky. You can't see me doing inverted commas. Not geeky guys could do, but geeky guys should have read. Um, I suppose that's a film that people assume you probably should have seen, but no, I haven't. Okay, Matt Damon's in that cameo as the same character as he is in The Martian. No, but that'd be cool. Kind of, I watched both films within the space of maybe two months, so it was hard not to see him as the same character, even though he is very much not the same character. It's time for a rank. What shall we call this feature? The soldiers of hell rank off. Come rank with me. Strictly come ranking. Maybe just a load of rank. I suppose it's time to kind of think of who we're going to nominate for our chess set. We haven't done that. No. No. Um, From a book's perspective, I think it's going to have to be Ernest Klein or Robert Craze, isn't it? They are the two most prominently featured authors we've talked about. Um, or do we go with Elvis Cole? As a character. Mm. So I've realised, a few weeks ago we agreed that, that, we, that we would... Uh, 
as a jumping off point, we would nominate someone. <laughs> yeah, to we, be added. we haven't done we it. We subsequently not done it ever. That's how we started today. You said, "I'm looking at your books." Robert Crazy's a, f- a and Robert Crazy jumped out at me. Yeah, yeah. So let's yeah, let's go with him. Go. Why so, not? Well done, Robert Crazy. You may have written several successful novels, um, but now you actually have achieved success by being a castle. Yeah, why not? Yeah, <laughs> you've got no ranking structure. Yeah. It, yeah, it's all out the window. You may get made into a pawn at some point. I'm sure that's not what you had him. Oh, different kind of pawn. Yeah, different kind of pawn. Yeah. <laughs> if you've enjoyed the ramblings of this, and rambling is probably the definition of this episode, it really has <laughs> yeah. run the gamut. Um, then please do like or subscribe to our podcasts. Or even better, send us a tweet at SOH underscore podcast. Yeah, I'm not sure that's better. I'd prefer a like or a subscribe or a review. Do all three. If you're not sure, do all three. And we'll see you soon. Soldiers of Hell is a Fosgate Studios production. If you enjoyed it, please like, subscribe, comment and share.